Hi, this is Deacon Pat coming to you from South Sacramento within the boundaries of the Sacramento Diocese. And it is a beautiful summer evening with blue skies, rather warm outside. I think it was close to 90 today, but it's one of those kind of heats that it was just kind of um, penetrating. There wasn't that cool Delta breeze that we usually have. It was a little hot out. So thank God and counting my blessings for um, air conditioning. I hope many of you are in good weather as well, and if it's hot outside, that you have air conditioning and you're keeping cool. (laughs) Well, uh, we have a couple topics to talk about today, or I'd like to share with you today, and one of them is about Ascension, the special day celebration of the Ascension of Jesus. So most of the country uh, celebrates the Ascension of Jesus as a holy day of obligation, and it's 40 days after Easter. The United States um, has really transferred that day from the 40 days to the closest Sunday, and we'll be celebrating uh, the ascension of Jesus on Sunday. Different people have different thoughts and feelings about that. Uh, Many people, especially one lady I was just talking to the other day, was saying, and she was a little bit irritated, and she was saying, I don't know why the bishops do that. We, that is such an important day, and it's a holy day of obligation, and it should stand out from every just a regular Sunday, and it's an opportunity to show the significance of the day and to share some teachings about that, to be able to apply that to our life, and I don't know why the bishops do that. Then I'm sure there are many other people out there that are thankful that they don't have to go to church an extra day and that they can celebrate that on their usual weekly trip on a Sunday. So, as you know how I'm explaining this, or as you can tell, I'm remaining neutral. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I was told uh, many years ago in my formation uh, to become a deacon, they said that, um, and actually I fail with this quite often, but I'm trying, and I'm I'm trying to be wiser as time goes on. But they said, uh, once you become ordained, you do not any longer have a public personal opinion. Your public personal opinion should be really the opinion of the church. So if people ask you questions or how you behave out in public and how you speak out in public, it should not be your personal opinion, especially if it's in contrast with the teachings of the church. And your public opinion should be the opinions of the church. Now, I'm sure many of you that know me will know that over the years I have failed tremendously with that, and uh, and I'm working on that. <laughs> but, you know, I do know some other people as well and some prominent uh, clergy, um, and I won't name any names. I would, wouldn't want to do that. That wouldn't be charitable in any way. But I can remember um, them having bumper stickers on their cars where they actually identified uh, people for president, political candidates um, that many would think were really opposed to the Catholic teaching, and they flaunted those very publicly on their car. And that would be in really contrast to what we're trained and taught to do as clergy in the church. Really, our opinion should be the Catholic church opinion and not our personal opinion, at least publicly anyway. Yes, we can vote and we can have um, our opinions on who we'd like to vote for, Um, but, uh, really when we share things publicly, it needs to be, uh, the church's opinion and not ours because we are representatives of the church. Anyway, back to the topic of Ascension. I came across this, uh, what I think is a pretty, uh, profound and, um, 
interesting homily. It's not mine. I came across it. It was written by Father Tommy Lane, and I'd like to share it with you. And uh, let's jump right in, and, and really it'll, it'll give us something to think about in regards to um, the special day of the ascension of Jesus Christ. He starts off with a conversation with a student. So here goes. He's talking to the student. At the end of school, what do you want to do? I want to go to high school. He must have been talking to a middle schooler. After high school, what do you want to do? I want to go to college. After college, what do you want to do? I want to get a job. Then what do you want to do? I want to make big money. What do you want to do after making big money? I want to build a big house. After that, what do you intend to do? I want to get married. What will you do after getting married? I will have a family and kids. What will you do after having a family? I will retire. What do you want to do after you retire? I want to take a rest. What do you want to do after taking a rest? I don't know, the student says. Father asks, will you die? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll die too, he responds. (laughs) We are so busy doing things, achieving, making progress, that we can forget what life is all about preparing to meet God in heaven. The ascension of Jesus reminds us that during our lives, we are only passing through on this earth, as we say. We are pilgrims on a journey. Just as Jesus' earthly life was temporary, and he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, so also our lives here are temporary. We'll come to an end, and we will meet God in the next life. The ascension of Jesus reminds us in all of our busyness not to forget what life is all about. Remember the conversation I just shared with you with the student? What will you do next? The student had an answer for everything, but never thought about dying and what would happen then. Part of the prayer to the Ephesians from the second reading today is so beautiful. May God our Father enlighten our eyes of our mind so that you can see what hope he calls hold for you, what rich glories he says promised the saints will inherit, and how infinitely great is the power that he has exercised for us believers. It is a most beautiful prayer and description of living life, preparing for eternal life. The ascension of Jesus reminds us that God has great plans for us that are out of this world, And that prayer in the second reading also reminds us that God has great plans for us that are out of this world. You can look at yourself in three ways. What you think about yourself, what others think about you, and what God thinks of you. The most important is what God thinks of you, of course. What God thinks of you. The second reading gives us the answer. God looks on you as his son or daughter since you were baptized. May God our Father enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see what hope he calls hold for you. You want the perfect house, the perfect car. In fact, you want the best of everything. But in fact, the best awaits us in the next life because God has planned the very best for you. In that prayer, Paul prayed, May God our Father enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see what rich glories he has promised the saints will inherit. The saints are promised glory in the next life, 
Whatever possessions or riches you have are nothing compared to the riches of heaven. Can you take this hundred dollars with you to heaven? No, it's nothing compared to the riches of heaven. May God our Father enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see what rich glories he has promised the saints will inherit. As we listen to so many reports about corruption, it seems that people use all sorts of ways of exerting power and influence over others. Does God exert any power or influence over our lives? Jesus rose from the dead, and therefore God the Father has put all things under his, Christ's, feet. This is the power and influence of God exerts over you. So the prayer continues. May God our Father enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see how infinitely great is the power that he has exercised for us believers. God wants the best for you and through Christ offers you the best and therefore puts all enemies under the feet of Christ when Jesus rose from the dead so that you can be free to enjoy the life God offers you. God has exercised power for you. Live with Christ enjoying the power God has exercised for you. What a wonderful privilege we all enjoy as sons and daughters of God since baptism. How wonderful is this calling that we have all received. How wonderful are the riches of heaven that God has planned for us. It certainly makes us see all the striving after riches here in a new light. And how wonderful is the power God worked in Jesus' resurrection to raise us all to new life. Before Jesus ascended, he entrusted his mission to the apostles, saying, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. While that mission was entrusted to the apostles and to the bishops, who are the successors of the apostles, and their assistants, the priests, you can assist them in their mission to evangelize by praying for them and assisting them in their work for the Lord in so many ways, especially by giving witness that you follow Christ. This is another way in which you live the prayer of the second reading, seeing what hope his call holds for you. May God our Father enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see what hope his call holds for you what rich glories he has promised the saints will inherit, and how infinitely great is the power that he has exercised for us believers. What a beautiful and positive uh, homily and message that is today uh, to be shared with you. And maybe you could take a few minutes and ponder your life. You could think about uh, really how that message resonates with your life. And uh, really, what is your focus in on life? Are you focusing on the things of this world and the comfort of your life? Are you thinking about really that this journey here, this temporary time here, is just a preparatory time? It's a time for us to develop virtue and character in our lives. It's a time to uh, embrace those struggles that God gives us from time to time because we know that God only will give us things that we can handle in our life and he'll uh, dispense those things always for a purpose and even when it's as a result of our free will and it's maybe not the best decision in our life God will still use those situations to uh, allow us 
to grow in holiness, grow in virtue, grow in uh, really love and forgiveness and, and understanding of other people. And uh, this is just a reminder with this ascension of Jesus to heaven, another proof of really Jesus being our Lord and our Savior and, and really the promised um, of everlasting life if we decide to choose to follow in his way. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day, a very peaceful day. Uh, we're coming up upon Sunday, and Sunday is a day for family and rest and also uh, worship. And I hope you take advantage of uh, attending a beautiful Mass and uh, maybe take a little bit extra time to prepare for this Mass. Um, in honor of Jesus Christ and celebrating the Ascension, maybe uh, take a few minutes and uh, before Mass and read the readings. Prepare ahead of time, even though you're going to hear them in Mass. Why don't you read them ahead of time? That way they might uh, resonate a little differently when you hear them again for the second time in really the presence of Jesus, since Jesus is in the tabernacle of, of uh, the churches, and he'll be present, and really the body of Christ will be present. It's much different than just reading the scripture at home. Reading the scripture at home can help us prepare mentally, help us start pondering and reflecting on the message, but when we hear it again proclaimed to us uh, from an ordained, especially the gospel from an ordained clergy, surrounded by the body of Christ and in the presence of Christ himself, um, it will have a much different meaning and effect on us as well. Okay, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful, and lovely uh, rest of your weekend. I look forward to touching base with you next week. And never forget how much God loves you. God bless and take care. Mm-hmm.